two, one. Here we go. Welcome, sports fans, boys and girls, to the December, whatever day this is, edition of the TMG podcast. This is Chris Dufresne of TMG, uh, joined by the regular crew. We've got Herbie Gould back from Scottsdale, uh, Mark Blouchin in Situate, and Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football, reporting live from the Atlanta area. Uh, we will, before we begin, we always thank our sponsor, APBA, AppaGames.com, the unchallenged king of quality sports strategy games. We thank John Herson and Appa for being our sponsor for, this is our, uh, his second year, and uh, it's been great, and uh, go to AppaGames.com, get all the information about the baseball, football, I think they even have uh, tiddlywinks, I don't know, they, they do all sorts of stuff now. But let's get right to the big, the big news. Um, whatever that news is, we, we are post Heisman, post uh, Army, Navy, and I guess I guess we should talk about the the Heisman vote, uh, the Heisman, which um, you know Tua was the front runner almost all year up until the final weekend, but uh, you know he got past uh, he got passed in the last really couple weeks. Uh, Tony, let's go to you. I, I, yeah, I know you. We were all on Tua the entire year. Were you surprised that that Kyler Murray pulled it out in the end? And uh, your reaction to that? Not, not, not really. I mean, I think after Tua got hurt against Georgia, and Kyler Murray had another Kyler Murray game. Uh, I, I thought going into the day uh, to Saturday that Tua would sort of nudge him out because he had, you know, he had been at the top pretty much all year long, but it didn't turn out to be the case. Now look, Kyler Murray's numbers were just staggering, almost 5,000 yards of total offense. You know, he ran for almost he ran for almost 900 yards and right. 11 touchdowns That's in addition true. to the passing stuff. So, you know, I wasn't I wasn't shocked. I think he, he's, he's certainly a worthy winner. Uh, if I had a vote, I would have voted for Tour because he didn't have a Heisman moment, but he had a, I thought he had a Heisman season. But I have... I have no quarrel with uh, Kyler Murray winning it. Uh, Mark Blouchin and, and Herb Gould. Herb, you weren't on the call last week, but did you change your vote? I think Mark Blouchin and, and Rankman changed their vote uh, very late, and so did Tom Lucci, who was on last week. Did you, uh, Herbie, did you change your vote? You know, I didn't, but it, I, it was such a close call. I mean, I, I think I would kind of in, in, in Tony's camp about it being a season-long you know, I, I go back to when this was a career award, let alone a weekend award. I don't have a problem with either of those guys. I think the big point to, about the Heisman to me this year was that we had three worthy candidates. Um, yeah. You know, Haskins, the, the Ohio State kid. And some years we have none. So, you know, and, and there's no questioning Kyler Murray's numbers and, and his finish. And that makes him very worthy. But, you know, Tua had a great a great full season. He just, you know, got hurt and, you know, stumbled at toward the end. Uh, I try not to be knee jerk about it, but, and Haskins, you know, look what he did. He rescued Ohio state from oblivion in those last couple of games. He did. Um, he did. Mary, Mary, you know, all three yeah. of them. I, if I'd have had, if I, if they let you split the ticket, I would have just given each of them an equal amount. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately we couldn't do that. Jersey guy. I, I assume you end up, uh, pick, uh, jumping Kyler Murray ahead of uh, Tua, is that correct? Yeah, and, and I and I used the theory that you had, is that in, in breaking it down, 
you know, the numbers are pretty much all equal, but, but who was the most valuable player? If, if Sewell had not played Alabama, Alabama would probably still won 10 games. If Murray had not played for Oklahoma, they might have, they might have been like 500 team. I don't know. I mean, that's, that was my side break. Right, right, right. Uh, well, I, I mean, I was, I, I think, you know, and what Haskins did, and Herbie, you mentioned this, if you go back to his three games, I, I, and maybe the best one of those games was the Maryland game that, you know, they pulled out in, in crazy overtime fashion. But, uh, I mean, I remember watching that game. That kid would not let them lose. Uh, and, and, you know, and more than even the, the Michigan and Northwestern performances were, were fantastic. Uh, the Maryland game kind of defined his season, I thought. Um, and, uh, Tony, I'm going to get to you. This, is, this was a weird... I can't remember a time when the SEC didn't get its way. Uh, in, in key, I mean, really, if you go back to Auburn, not you know, getting shut out in 2004, which was a seminal moment in the history of the conference, and Commissioner Slive saying, you know, nothing, this will never happen again. Mm-hmm. Ever since that moment, everything has really broken. Not only have they been the best conference. They've gotten everything. You know, they seem to have won every argument. They won in 2006, Florida versus Michigan for the second spot. Uh, two loss LSU in 2007. Uh, uh, what am I forgetting? Uh, Alabama won out over uh, Oklahoma State in 2011 for the second spot. Alabama got in ahead of Ohio State. All justifiable, but they got every break. This year, they didn't get... Georgia or the Heisman? Is this is this concerned? Is this a concern to the well, conference? They're, <laughs> they're, they're, boys, they're getting ready to get in another <laughs> here pretty soon. Well, what's that? Uh, about the future of the college football playoff. Okay. Uh, uh, Take us there. They're, they're, uh, Nicole uh, uh, from uh, The Athletic. Oh, Arbach, yeah. Nicole Arbach. Yeah. Arbach. She had a story today. Uh, that broke, I don't know, a couple of three hours ago, uh, where she talked to Barry Alvarez. She talked, my goodness gracious, she talked to E. Gordon Gee, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my, Mr. Bowtie. President of West Virginia, and Bob Bowlesby, our good friend at the Big 12. Right. And they, for the first time, are saying, you know, this 18 playoff deal, we uh, maybe we need to have a conversation about this, because... Some of this stuff that's going on is not fair, and it's uh, it, it's an, it, it is it, it is quite the buzz here in the South, as you might guess, because one of the reasons cited there were two reasons, two primary reasons cited for this change of heart and the willingness of some to discuss. One is they believe there's SEC favoritism. Okay, no, nobody no, was quoted no. saying that, but that was an issue, and the other one was the treatment. Of UCF. So my point is, uh, the SEC is getting ready to get in another argument because I can assure you, one of the things that they want to do, or, the, or our buddy Chuck Ninus has put together a proposal that basically says do away with the conference championship games. Right. I promise you, <laughs> when, when this comes up for discussion, the SEC is going to go, not only no, but hell no. And that's going to be interesting. Well, okay, Blau, you you have any, you have any thoughts on this? Oh, Tom, you guys, you can't you can't see the hidden hand in this. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Which is the only time and the only reason why there will be any discussion 
of changing the format will be the Big Ten or the SEC was, was left out of the process. Or guess yep. who's... Guess who's in this? James Delaney is behind all of this. Come on. Well, of course, but that's not, I, I don't understand, you know, that that in itself is not a terrible thing. I mean, I no, think that what we are not. seeing is a pattern that that this thing is tilted toward the SEC. And oh, if you want to have a national tournament, you know, you need, that's why I've written that, you know, one conference, one team would maybe hold off the eight team playoff issue but I don't even I don't have a problem with the 18 playoff the devil there is in the details as we discussed uh, but yeah of, of course of course you're gonna have people who are gonna feel left out when they're left out I mean that shouldn't but, be a shock I found it interesting in the Coe's article Barry Alvarez was quoted and Barry's Barry somebody a lot of people listen to where's he including, from? Me, including where's he from? me what was we big 10 okay. and they quoted the Ohio State president as well. Oh, okay. But Jim, I noticed that Jim Delaney was not quoted in this. Well, and I think because Jim, as we all know, and Reese love him so much, because he is absolutely going to keep his powder dry until the precise moment that it's time to do this. Yeah. So. He's letting everybody else get do, do the do the work. Uh, he doesn't need to be the front man on this. But, Which uh, is what good bosses have done since the days of Boss Tweed. <laughs> ah, we have our first boss tweet reference. I like that. <laughs> the de- but the, 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 again, Blau, you mentioned it. The devil is in the details. We talked a little right. bit about this before going on the air. What are the eight teams? You guarantee automatic qualifiers to the five power conferences. What if Northwestern? Sorry, Herb. What if Northwestern wins with? Four losses and uh, well, Utah. You know what four you can losses. do, but you know what you can do with that is you can say, okay, each conference gets a team, and they will decide if if the Big Ten wants to decide that Ohio State is a better representative than you know. I mean, you must set a process. Lately, we've been you know until lately we've been a rule of law country. You make a rule <laughs> and you figure it out. If you don't want to have your conference champion. That could be to the individual conference's discretion, but you've got to, you have to sort it out somehow. Uh, you know that's not a deal breaker to me. The one that I don't like is, and Blau and I have been arguing about this since the beginning of time. He wants to play games on December fifteenth on college <laughs> campuses when it's cold and people are studying, and I don't. I think we need to have a, a final four on New Year's Day. And, you know, it, it's just where to get to games then. That's it. Well, then, well, you're not well, going to do, do away with championship okay. games. Well, that's not going to happen. But I tell you, the big argument is going to be what, what Herb and Blau just touched on. There, there, there is a strong belief, there is a strong belief that people making decisions need to be kept to a minimum, committees and things of that nature. So I think the only way you sell it across the board is that the winners of the conference championship game gets in, you get one guarantee to the to the uh, a group of five, and the other two co- the other two at larges are to fix whatever anomalies happen in the conference championship game. Because if you don't, I don't see everybody signing off on this. If they're not, if the Pac-12 is not guaranteed a spot in the playoff, Larry Scott has no no reason to vote for this. If Bob if Bob Bowlesby doesn't get a guaranteed spot in the playoffs. 
he has no reason to support this. People, this is incentives, okay? People don't do things because they want to have a good playoff. Well, I know, but fans. Yeah, but if you're going to have, I mean, that's but that's the way it should be, you know. I mean, since the Stone Age. You win your league and you advance. You know now, say somebody who didn't win the league is better. I, I they should want their team to be in this playoff. I mean that would you know I can sit here right now and tell you that if you start picking the top eight teams, there could be conferences that would be left out. But that would not be a national tournament. Not a good idea. Well, yeah. What if what if you know what if the the top. Uh... Group of five team, you know, is not US UCF. What if they're, you know, three lost Memphis or a, yeah. and they're ranked number twenty one in the country? They get an automatic bid every year. That's not that's not going to cause an outrage. That's easily uh, solved. All you got to do is put in put in a rule that you you have to be in the top twelve in, in the rankings. Probably. I, I think okay. Well, we've had and we've had that before. A yeah. minimum standard for. One of those group of five. Yeah, yeah. Then, you know what? That's not hard to they'll, be, they'll be thirteen every year. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's that's the problem. If you're going to keep the selection committee, then if, if if the group of five team ends up being thirteen and fourteen every year, now yeah, it's in problems. Yeah, it's you like know, it is now. Yep. <laughs> while while it would be somebody in there who's probably not deserving to be there, the only way you're going to solve this problem is to find some room for the group of five. I just I don't, right. see, I don't see another way. Uh, I think you're right, but I think the, the glass ceiling just moves down from where it is now at four. It'll move down to whatever artificial. Well, All right. I'm cynical about it. I mean, I, I was at cynical, Northern no. Illinois the year that Notre Dame and Alabama played, and you know, I'm I'm from Northern Illinois, and, and nobody was more shocked than me that Northern Illinois was in an Orange Bowl against Florida State. You know, they're, they're, I wouldn't be too cynical about it, but you need to have some rules. <laughs> Not be cynical. Have you have you been watching this this system for twenty years? It's it, that's what college football is. It's it's everything is is cynical. It, it begs for it. But uh, if that's, the, the amazing thing that this this argument always strikes me is, well, we got to make everybody play nine conference games. Well, how does that conversation go? Well, uh, listen, we're the eighteen playoff and SEC. We really want you to play nine conference games. SEC goes. No, actually, we're good. Thanks. But well, you know what? Here's here's how you do that. If you have an 18 playoff, you say, all right, your conference champion is in, but if you want to be eligible for an at-large slot, we're going to need you to play non-conference games, and we're also <laughs> going to need to have a more standardized set of non-conference uh, conference games so that we've got data. And, and if you don't do it, you're not going to get your at-large bids. Yeah. And then I think the SEC might get in the line. The, yeah. the problem... The problem with that, Herb, is that there is no one who has that authority right uh, now. There's nobody. Oh, no, but well, the you committee. Gonna, uh, you yeah, gonna, it would have to be the committee. There's no doubt. No, okay. Perfect. That committee is going to tell Jim Delaney and Greg Sankey how they've got to schedule football games? No, no, no. Well, I think they're going to get together. <laughs> A I bunch think. of old retired coaches? Are you kidding me? Well, I think <laughs> now you're going back. Let's go back to Boss Street. I think. Jim Delaney would line up the votes for the nine conference rule, nine game conference rule, and you know there would be a, it would have to be a consensus. The committee isn't going to operate in a vacuum, but the yeah. committee is is made up of people who are in these leagues, and they reach a consensus. And I think that you know you see the nine the teams the schools uh, the leagues that are playing nine games, and if you ask the three of them, 
do you want the other two guys to play nine? They might say yes. You know, I mean, it just it makes more sense. This is an evolutionary thing. Okay, we're, this is a good seg, segue into what we talked about earlier, and we're going to do this right now. We'll start with Tony. We uh, Blau and I talked about doing a segment called "If You Were Czar." You just mentioned there is no czar of college football, uh, and that is part of the problem. If you were czar, what would you do? What would be your what would, if you had a, a wish? You know, one wish to to change college football for the better. Mm, just one, huh? Well, <laughs> we can Herb. What uh, What about you? If you were czar, well, I think. You- a move towards team playoff, you know, where, you know, I mean, I, I, if that falls under the umbrella of one, you're going to have eight teams. You're going to have five of the teams are going to be conference champions or whatever team the conference wants. And then you're going to sit down and come to a consensus on how you pick the other three, allowing for the group of five, but not automatically. And you're not going to play games in East Lansing, Michigan on December 15th. There you go. Zar Herb has spoken. Zar Blau, Zar Blau, what would you do? Well, that was my, basically what my mind, and I've been expressing it for the last several weeks, is that when the system was, was implemented the first time, the class system, it, it, did, it was unfair to, at the start because you had four teams and you had five conferences. Okay. And that, the devil's in the details, obviously, is the five, the five conferences have representatives in an 18 playoff, and, and, and after that, work it out. But those, every conference will have a representative. And then work out the details. All right. You want to play a game December 15th, how you want to do it, whatever you want to do it. But that's one rule I wouldn't budge on. I'd say all five companies will, will be represented. Okay. Uh, why? And, and, and ultimately, I, I think you've got, in an ideal world, you go to eight, team, eight teams and let the committee pick off yeah. do that now. I think we've gone too far down the road. So I, I think you're going to have to put the, to make the regular season mean as much as it does now, to make the conference change. I think you're going to have to live with uh, an. I think I think that's going to be the sacrifice for everybody because because how many people are complaining about the selection committee and Barry Alvarez? Barry Alvarez was on the damn committee the first three years, and he's complaining about the fact that the, you know the guys aren't consistent. Well, Barry, you were one of them, okay? <laughs> uh, and, and so to, to to me, the only way you're going to get rid of this, you know. This, this wholesale belief that the committee doesn't know what it's doing uh, is to say, all right, fine. You either, want, you either want the best teams in or you don't. If you want the best teams in, then you're going to have to have somebody pick those teams. If you want the, the most deserving teams, then you got to go with the five conference champion winners. Uh, well, you know, the other part is, you know, we're, we're throwing out Northwestern. You know, if, if Northwestern beats Ohio State on the first weekend in December – for all the marbles, who's to say they aren't the best team? You know, I mean, they just beat them. You know, we used that argument earlier in the season Then you, when we said, well, how can you, you know, we, we were talking about Notre Dame and Michigan and Notre Dame when they lost the head-to-head, you know, and yet we're saying it the other way around. I, you know, I, I think that, you know, the conference champion thing is going to work, and then you're going to get to a situation. If you had eight teams this year, there would be a lot of arguing about, you know, number, maybe, you know, there would be a pool of teams, Ohio State, Georgia, that would be competing UCF for those final three slots. And some of them would be annoyed. And, and they're always gonna, there's always going to be people that are going to be disappointed and angry. But that, you know, even you see in the NCAA tournament when this team's 68 or 9 or whatever it is these days. 
is left out. Yeah, but as we mentioned before, the team that gets left out of the NCAA tournament doesn't have a chance to win it. The team that gets left out of the college football playoff has a chance to win the, the whole thing, and I think that's the well, distinction. This, man, th this is an argument you can tell from what we're saying here. This is an argument that we need to go ahead and have. Okay, this this year, if you look at it, was sort of an anomaly. It says that that three three conference champions could have got left out. Can you imagine this discussion if Georgia had been put in? Yeah, I mean, yeah. As, 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 as intense as this discussion is and is going to be, can you imagine how how deep it would be right now if Georgia had gotten in? You know, that's interesting you say that, Tony, because I, I had that same thought, and it would have sped the process of oh. changing the whole process. Uh, and I think the committee knew that when they made that choice, uh, you know, because of exactly what you're saying. I mean, you... You just can't do it this way where it gets that controversial without sparking change. Yeah. Do you, do, 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 does any of us, uh, do we think that there will be a change before the expiration of the contract, or is this a next contract situation? Can, will they bust this thing up midstream and, and, and revamp before 2024? Two, two things to keep in mind. One. This, after the 2019 games, they will be exactly halfway through the contract, okay? Yeah. The, and all, all of the six bowls would have hosted the semifinals in a rotation. So if you're going to blow it up, that's a time to blow it up. Or at nine years is a time to blow it up. The other thing, and I haven't, I haven't independently verified this, but Clay Travis is reporting that he he had written previously that the way the twelve year conference the twelve year contract was structured for the college football playoff, only six years of the twelve playoffs dealt with what the ad buys the advertising buys would be uh, for the playoff. In other words, the contracts that control the advertising buys are up in six years. If that's the case, that opens the door. Yeah. Can they, can they do it that – I guess they can do it that quickly. They don't need that much time, I, I guess, to, to, to revamp it. But uh, as long as it's not you know, a complicated thing like – Well, you, you basically know, got a year. Guys, guys the, the, problem, the problem is, and, and again, is they can put that in. And they are all smart guys. They're going to have to figure out if they go to 18s, they're going to have to solve the question when you play those quarterfile games. Once they solve that, then it becomes easier. Well, I'm not going to let you and Herb decide it. They'll let you put you and Herb in a room, and, we'll, and then you'll come out and figure it out. Well, you know, the, the other part that, that I was going to mention is it's interesting that when, as we've gone through this evolutionary playoff process, there used to be an argument that you would destroy the bowl system. We haven't heard that one in a while. And, and I, I remember it, and as a history major, I sort of still attach a little bit to it, which is why... I think you should play these games on New Year's Day or, or New Year's weekend. Uh, but it is, you know, because you need to retain a semblance of these bowl games. I hear some of the younger people on the uh, sports talk, sports writers uh, who are really good. I mean, Andy Staples and uh, his partner on SiriusXM are really good. But they were talking one day about how all these other bowl games are meaningless. Well, these games are not meaningless. You know, they're meaningless from a playoff standpoint. But they're great 
entertainment, great sports. They, they're great for local economies. They do a lot of things that are outside of the playoff, but let's try and keep a semblance of it. That That's my point. Herb, Herb. Oh, it's a quick lane ball, Herb, in Detroit, December 26th? Wait a minute. Right. Well, that'll stand or fall on its own. I bet you'll tune it in, Blau, you know, if it snows coming down in situate and, and Boston College happens to land there. All right. They play there. This, but this, this is a perfect way to segue into our next topic because it's related. And, Herb, you, you say that the bowl, the bowl games are special. Here's what's going to destroy the bowl games. And Mark Blauchin wrote a column about this. The other looming huge problem in college football is players not playing in bowl games, and it's sort of moving up the food chain of the tier level of the bowl. Um, this is <laughs> Blau. This is where the real slippery slope is. We you now when when For, uh, Fournette and, and McCaffrey sat out a couple years ago, they took a lot of grief. Now guys are are sitting out of bigger bowls. And what happens when somebody says, I ain't playing in the, the National College Football Playoff because I'm going to be the number one pick in next year's NFL draft, and it's not worth it? Blau. Yeah, you're, you're right. And, and it's, and it's or even worse than that, because I can see a, a, a future where a star player like a Tua gets injured early in the season, regular season, and, and, you know, and says, you know, I got, I'm going to be a number one draft pick in, in three months. I'm not going to play the rest of the season. You, that can happen. That will happen. I'm telling you, it's just leading that direction. That doesn't bother me at all. You know, <laughs> I mean, not, when, not when coaches are jumping around and making okay. you know, six and eight million dollars a year and a kid wants to protect wow. his financial future. In, in the, you know, the national semifinal, Herb, in a national semifinal game, if you're saying that if Kyler Murray decided he was not playing in the semifinal, you'd be okay with that? Well, if he decided he wasn't playing because the other side threw him some money, I'd have a problem with it. But if he, if he says, look, my future lies in, in pro football, and I'm not going to take that risk, I, you know, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not proud of the, that decision. I wouldn't encourage it, but, but I, it's still America, what? and you get to make your choices. Wait a minute. The problem with that, Herb, is, is this. If I'm an NFL general manager... <laughs> Uh, I understand the young man wants to protect himself, but he if he's playing for a championship, I want I want to see a little well, I want that, to see a little fire. I want to see a little heart in this guy. Competitive okay. spirit and character. Now, though, that's ex- I agree. I agree. It, it's one thing not playing the Independence Bowl. Okay, it's another thing not to answer the bell. That, that means if I draft you, if if you're dinged up, if you if you're if you're not injured but you're in pain. You're not going right. to answer the bell when we get to the playoffs in the well, NFL. Well, there's, there's a solution to that, and I, I mentioned in my story, and it's being it's being done on pretty. I think with a lot of the players already is take take out catastrophic insurance of a million, two million, three million, four million dollars for that for that game. And well, okay, who's going to pay for it? The schools. I like. I also like what Tony said that you know that goes to character. And, you know, you're making a statement to the NFL when you say, I'm not going to play. But, you know, those are all factors. Yeah. I think we're also fretting about something that we haven't really seen in, in the hardest light. It's going to come but, though, Herb. But to, I'm telling you. Tony, but Tony, Kyler Murray's future is not in football. It's in baseball. That's right. What if the Oakland, yeah, a, what if the Oakland a said, hey, wait a minute. We need you in spring training. We don't want you blowing out an ACL. We've already paid you four million dollars. Uh, yeah. So we're we're that's not a character issue with uh, with Kyler Murray. I, 
Uh, there's no, not not if he's playing baseball. No, if Kyle Murray yeah. walked away right now, I'd hate it. I'd hate it. Right. But you can't. The, the guy's got four million dollars in his pocket, uh, and the ba- baseball is paying. And usually, your 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 loyalty is to those who are right who writing checks. Yeah. Well, that's right. And, and we best teams in America switched quarterbacks essentially this year. I mean. When you start talking about loyalty and bottom lines and, and, and dedication to winning, you know, the, why should the individual player have to play by a different set of rules than, uh, you know, the school callers? I, I don't have a problem with that. What a, Blau, what about the bowls that make choices based on matchups? And in the case of West Virginia, you know, all of a sudden Will Greer, it, is, is, is that a problem or does that just t- the tough luck for the bowls? That's tough luck for the bowlers because I mean, I mean, a lot of those bowls are, you know, like you said, are for entertainment purposes only. And they were really excited when they made that matchup of West Virginia Syracuse. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <And now, laughs> Look good on paper. Doesn't play, and the offensive tackle doesn't play because they're sitting out the games. So that becomes a, I don't know, it becomes a much different game. I, I I think that's just something until the players get a little bit, until the players get a bigger. A piece of the action, that's something we're going to, all of us are going to have to live with. There you go. Yep. And some of them, like Ed Oliver, you could argue argue he, he declared for the NFL draft about five weeks ago. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> so, and, and when, you, when you stop playing during the season to protect yourself, it was, no, it was different with no, Nick. No, it's, it's a threat that they have to deal with. They're going to have to deal with it in the next couple of years. Yeah. All right. Well. Well, you may you may be right, but you know there there are there are circumstances whether they should play because we want to watch them play. No, I'm not. No, I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing with his livelihood. I'm player livelihood has to defend his livelihood. Like like Will Greer has a, is married and has a kid. I mean, he's he's looking out for himself, which is fine. But but the college football is going to have to deal with it. Yes, they are. All right. Well, I think we've uh, we've covered it. We've, we've talked well, about it. What, I don't think it, you're – where do we leave it It could well be, and, and, and they will. I mean, I, I you know, I, I like – you know, Tony made the, the point well that, you know, NFL teams are looking at, you know, what type of competitor kids are. They do a lot of psychological testing, and, you know, that becomes a factor too. Let's cut it short this week. We've, we've had a good discussion, and uh, we will be back at some point during the season. And until then, adios, everyone.